My name is Meredith Leo DeJano. I work at McGraw-Hill Education on the Health and Human Performance team. And I am thrilled to have Kari Oaks on this episode. We're going to be focusing on the topic of sleep. So Kari is a medical writer. She's also trained and has practiced as a physician assistant. She's on the executive committee of Start School Later, which is a grassroots all-volunteer nonprofit that's dedicated to healthy, safe, and equitable school hours. She's also the program manager of Sleep 101 for healthy hours at Start School Later. So Sleep 101 is an award-winning online interactive sleep health education curriculum for high school and college students. So welcome, Kari. Thanks so much for having me, Meredith. It's nice to be here. Absolutely. So I wanted to ask you a question about how you got started in studying this fascinating field of sleep. Sure. So I think I've been interested in sleep because I myself have always been kind of a night owl. And I always wondered how some people could just conk out at 10 o'clock. And I was never really ready to turn in until closer to midnight. And then I became even more interested when my kids, who are also sort of night owls, as many teenagers and young adults are, had to get up way too early in the morning for their high schools. They had to be out the door by about 6.30 in the morning. So I became, became involved with the nonprofit work that I do, and I have just stayed interested in how sleep affects every aspect of daily functioning from the day you're born until the day you die. It's critical and I think like really underappreciated as a factor in health and wellness. Yes, absolutely. So you and I are kind of opposites, I'm finding. I'm definitely a morning person. Ah. <laughs> Always been. I, it's just kind of interesting how, how you know, we definitely share that mutual respect for sleep, for sure. Mm -hmm. So since a lot of students are listening to this episode, I was going to ask you a couple questions around what they're really interested in hearing about. So I actually collected, thanks to a lot of different professors, um, questions that students have been asking around the country, which is really cool. Um, Great. So, yeah. So um, one of the main things is obviously academic performance. And we were hoping that you can get into some of um, the implications behind sleep, maybe positively or negatively, in fact, impacting performance. And what are some of the long-term effects on limited or disrupted sleep? Sure. I, I think that the first and maybe the most important thing to acknowledge is that a lot of people are never going to have to do as much of a balancing act for the rest of their lives as they have to do in college. It can be a really challenging time when you have multiple pulls on your time, including really important academic work that you're doing. You're trying to set yourself up for a career. You also are maybe for the first time in your life fully in charge of your own schedule. and a social life and sometimes work are also really big parts of just kind of going through the college years. And so I think it's important to kick off by saying that balance is really important and you can strive to have the best sleep every night. And we all know that's not going to happen um, when you're trying to figure out how to balance that and you're trying to figure out if this is the night to pull an all nighter. One thing to consider is you know you can't do the rewind and do the three months worth of daily studying that everybody wishes they had done before a final but you can sort of take into consideration the knowledge that 
a well-rested brain is a brain that performs better. And so you're going to be more likely to be able to pull those facts out or to write that really great five paragraph essay or to be able to remember that formula if you've had enough sleep. And what that amount is will differ from person to person and it sort of depends on how sleep deprived you are going into the event and the timing of your sleep and just kind of who you are. But most people know how they feel when they're well rested and how they feel when they're not. Um, and so trying to find the balance and realizing that there's just a time to shut the books and get some sleep it can be a really successful kind of college performance enhancer academically. Yeah, I, I actually feel like so many of us go through those, you know, initial phases of getting into um, a different phase of life and then starting to realize how sleep has disrupted, you know, a lot of different aspects of how we're feeling and making sure that we're mentally focused as best as we possibly can. So all of those are really awesome points for us to keep in mind. And, um, you know, a lot of the college students have been asking how they can just even start to create a good sleep routine. So do you have any sort of tips for them wanting to know how they could start to establish that great routine? For sure. I mean, the other thing that can be hard is depending on your living situation, you might be having a roommate for the first time in your life or for the first time since you shared a room with a brother and sister or sister when you were a lot younger. Um, so negotiating things like lights out time and you might have control over the thermostat, things like that with a roommate can be um, a challenge. But to the extent that you can, sleeping in a cooler room is better, starting to wind down about an hour before bedtime. And uh, as hard as it is, ideally that would include limiting your screen time and phone time. Uh, because the, the light that's more in the blue spectrum, most people now know, can sort of wake up your brain. Although some more recent research shows that that isn't as big a factor as people thought it was four or five or 10 years ago. Some of it just has to do with kind of turning off the social part of your life that is on your phone and also just beginning a quiet time. Um, for some people, a warm bath or shower is good. And depending again on your sleeping situation, having a comfortable eye mask and good earplugs can really help shut out the outside environment and give you the dark that your brain needs to help uh, sleep arrive. That is definitely something that has been top of mind. I am glad that you brought up the screen time because that was a number one question that came up over and over again about that. Um, and so when, you know, students thinking about shutting down um, and getting to bed and quality sleep, um, you know, they also have been asking about the balance of sleep you know, throughout the week. So say they maybe will get, you know, quality sleep uh, Monday through Thursday, you know, um, seven, eight hours per night, but maybe they're going to try to get, you know, a little bit of a limited window when the weekend comes around. Um, they're wondering if that's sufficient sleep, if, you know, the average winds up being, you know, okay. By um, do you have any sort of tips for them about how that would impact, you know, their cognitive abilities, test preparation, retention of concepts as they're going through school as well? Sure. I mean, we can we can look at what sleep research tells us and what sleep doctors say. 
which is that the ideal sleep routine is one that's about the same day to day. So you're going to bed at about the same time every day and getting up at oh. about the same time every day. That's ideal. Okay. That's not real world always, but that's ideal. And um, it has to do with how your body adjusts to the time of day that you sleep and wake every day. And some of that is your built-in circadian rhythm. Some of that has to do with daylight hours. And some of it just has to do with social and professional pressure. Um, but that's the ideal. So can you catch up and bank sleep on the weekend? Not really. I mean, I'm never going to tell somebody that they shouldn't get more sleep. Um, but but when your sleep schedule or your sleep duration varies wildly between weekday and weekend, and it can go either way. For some people, they're really pushing during the week because of maybe work and academics and so forth. And then they just plan to sleep in until noon. But for other people, they do okay during the week, but the social life gets to be, um, you know, understandably a bigger part of weekend life. And so if you're up until two or three or four, then you're almost certainly gonna have curtailed sleep hours and, and you're gonna feel it the next day and into the next week. We all perform best if we can get closer to that optimal amount and closer to the timing that works best for our own body clocks. I'm really glad that you set the record straight that we can't necessarily bank sleep. I wish that was the case. Right, we all do. We all do. So, you know, maybe um, letting folks know that it's maybe okay to say no to social obligations every once in a while, would that be maybe a tip that you would give? Well, you know, I think yes, and I think that that if people do their own individual gut check and they know what makes them feel good, they know that if they eat well, they feel better than if they eat terribly, and they know that if they get regular exercise, they feel better and their body and brain performs better than if they're, you know, on World of Warcraft for 25 hours a week. And at the same time, sleep is just as important as diet and exercise for fundamental wellness. And so it's just as much a part of self-care as going to a yoga class or as, you know, hitting the gym for that weight routine that works for you to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to check out at midnight because I know I'm just going to feel terrible unless I get the sleep that I need. So I think it is important. And I think people are understanding that it's okay to say it's just part of taking care of myself that I'm going to get enough sleep. I completely agree. And I've seen that in my own personal everyday life, um, mm -hmm. well past my college years, but um, I really appreciate this, this set of advice. I think it's great for anybody, not just college students. Um, so anybody listening, hopefully this provides you with some really solid foundational tips on how to, you know, make sure that you're keeping sleep top of mind so that you're in your best optimal health. Um, so I think that really wraps up our episode. Thank you so much, Kari. This is a really wonderful episode and I hope that everyone gets a lot out of it. We appreciate your time. I sure appreciate having the opportunity to talk about it. And um, it was great kind of chatting back and forth on this. Thank you. And everybody who's tuning in, if you have a topic to suggest on a future episode of This Wellness Life, we would absolutely welcome that and hope to see you next time. Take care.